All right, everybody, welcome back. This is another riveting episode of the Comfrey Running Podcast. Um, I've been working on this for a while, uh, and I'm not entirely sure the direction that's going to go. So I think what I want to do is just kind of start the conversation, see where it takes us. So I have a lot of stuff written down, but uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just see where it takes us. Um, but I want to talk about, and it's come up because it's come up a lot in some of my athletes, and I see it, you know, like a lot of the stuff I see it in the Facebook group and things like that. But uh, um, <clears throat> easy easy runs and how easy runs are uh, treated the same in a lot of ways, and um, partly my fault, I would say. Uh, I, I think I've been indifferent to them for some time, but, uh, um, or haven't at least done a very good job of portraying what actually I would want in the right places. So, um, because I feel like, I feel like it's one of those things where in my head I know, and I assume other people know too, and they don't. And then like they get a training plan or something like that. And they just follow to the letter what is done. And, um, it has created some problems and some of it, I think I'm looking cause I just did a training consultation last week and I was looking at the log and it just was, you know, the person just was too aggressive on some of their stuff, but I couldn't really be mad at them because in reality was, is they were pretty much following, following a plan. Right. And so and definitely have to realize that I, I have to do a better job of, of portraying what specifically I want. Right. And so that's what I kind of want to get into. So, uh, let's see here. So let me, let me run through a scenario and see what this, how this makes you feel. Right. So, um, the most common thing I will see with runners is that they're, they finish a training segment. They take some of, they take some downtime. They come back first. Several runs are really easy now. And this will actually depend. Like if, if they actually take the downtime coming back is actually harder, right? Because you, if you've gone two weeks, you're going to be, you know, fairly stiff, fairly immobile. Um, it just, it doesn't feel pleasant those first few runs back. Uh, but a lot of times people will not take very much time off, come back, and early on the, the runs are a little better, but it seems like it catches up to them um, a few weeks later. Where the other, where the, if the person took the downtime like we have scheduled, the start is rough, but then they come back within a month, like, and they're feeling somewhat pretty much okay ready to do workouts where a lot of times what I'll see is if a person doesn't take the downtime they they can come back pretty quick but then a few weeks after that they actually feel worse than when they came back so but let's say that's you you take some downtime you come back first several runs are, are pretty easy this last you don't really do much as far as intensity for another week or so the runner gets into a groove they build their mileage and so does the pace of the run so every run seems like you know they'll start getting after a few days of feeling rough paces will start picking up and then easy runs will start settling into more of what we say is the moderate, moderate range. And then they build into a full training and easy run paces stay the same. So they'll still like, so let's just take, for example, if somebody's, you know, middle of their moderate pace range is you know, eight minute per mile, um, they'll settle into that. And that's fine because they're not doing any workouts and things like anything like that. But then they build into the full training uh, they'll still try to keep that easy pace at, you know, that hypothetical eight minutes mile. But at the same time, now we're increasing workouts 
and we're increasing volume and all that good stuff. So it's manageable. My point with that is that it's manageable for the first several weeks of that, but then you get into it and the training starts getting real. Cumulative fatigue starts to build up. Runner gets frustrated because now they're forcing, they're forcing themselves to maintain that eight minute pace, despite being in the heaviest amount of training. And the point is they don't necessarily need to have that eight minute pace. Like, is the, is that run serving the same purpose as it did uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago, six weeks ago, whatever the case is. Right. So that's where I want to, that's kind of where I want to get into it. Like it's, it's the same run could have a different meaning depending on where you're at in the schedule. So if that sounds familiar to me, to anyone, it sure does. It does mean I see it a lot with athletes. I see it a lot with people in the Facebook group, um, especially now. I think for a lot of people, we're starting to get into that. Uh, like right now, we're, as I'm recording this, we're, I think we're under 15 weeks to Chicago. So people are starting to pick up their training. It's hot out, all this stuff. Like it's, it's like the perfect storm of things settling in. Right. And so um, what I want, what happens is we start off our easy runs being the primary base of our fitness, especially if you're in that beginner plan, right? So if that first four or five weeks, all you're doing is running easy. And a lot of times you step down in mileage. And so you're just running those runs harder than you normally would because you're pretty fresh, right? You're fresh. You're not doing any workouts. You're not doing the volume that you were doing. And so things kind of, you know, are naturally going to pick up the pace. And I, I have no problem with that. I think that's a, just a natural occurrence. But what happens is when they get into where they're doing eight, nine, 10 mile tempos, strength workouts, long runs, all of a sudden they're still trying to maintain that same pace that they were, you know, two months ago. And it's just not, not necessarily what they need to be doing, or is it necessarily sustainable? Um, and so what, so what I'm basically saying is that our easy runs are there for a re, are, are, are our easy runs there for the same reason during weeks 12 to 17 as they were for weeks one through 11? And the truth is they aren't. And that's what I want. That's kind of what I want to explain a little bit today. So um, when easy runs are discussed, there's a lot of terms that are thrown around defining a true easy run. So you may see it defined as two millimoles of blood lactate, 60% of your heart rate max, zone one or zone two, or simply an increase in lactic acid. And in short, all, these, all of these are centered around the idea of a person running around what's called their aerobic threshold. And so I've talked about this before. Um, if you're in the run club, uh, access the, the physiology uh, lectures that we, we have in there. Um, we talk a lot at length about aerobic threshold. So a lot of times aerobic threshold is just that first threshold where you start seeing that gradual increase in lactic acid. It doesn't, mean any, it doesn't necessarily mean much because of the fact that uh, your body can clear it out. But, you know, it's, it's one of those first physiological representations of intensity being increased to a point where you're going to see some result from that. So when a person is just starting out running, these all occur at pretty low levels. And just getting out and jogging is probably going to cause you to reach that level, that, that, uh, all those things, all those physiological markers that we discussed. The theory surrounding this is nice, is that the, that the more fit you become, you will naturally run faster at the same markers, which is true. For example, when you start at 60% of your heart rate max, nine, say it was 930 a mile, maybe at that same percentage after a couple months of running, maybe that maybe that time is now nine minutes a mile, right? It's the same at that same marker. And this is all pretty true, but there's a couple of things I see with this camp that I don't necessarily agree with. And the first is that 
do we continue to get the benefits from those runs all the time? So do we continue to get those benefits at 60% of our VO2 max or heart rate max or to, you know, you know, whatever the case is, right? Cause you're not going to measure your, you're not going to particularly measure your blood lactate. That's going to be pretty tough to do. Um, so you're either going to be measuring heart rate or zone, if you're in zone one or two, but, but that's also going to be based on heart rate. So essentially if you're doing that, you're going to, you're going to, go off of what your 60% of your heart rate max is. And the point is you might not get that. And the truth is too, one of the, one of the um, short-term adaptations too is that max heart rate will actually go down a little bit. So you, you, at the same heart rate of, of 60%, if it's a lesser number now, even though you're not less fit, right? So there's all these little things that don't quite add up to that with me. So, but the first, like I said, is that we do we continue to get the benefits from those runs all the time? Is that the staple of how our fitness is gained months and years later? And I don't personally think it is. I think that this type of running is great if you're looking for general fitness or just gradually building your endurance up. So if you're a brand new runner and you're just trying to get to the point where you can run for an hour without stopping or to two hours without stopping, then that is perfect. But if you are more of a performance-based runner or you've been doing it for you know, years, are you going to get the same benefits that I, and I don't think you, I don't think you do. Um, and so that's what I, that's what makes it, makes it tougher. Right. And that's like the kind of the balancing act that we have. So who gets what, right. Um, and this is probably where I would differ from other coaches who work with recreational type of runners when they talk about, um, especially 80, 20, um, because I see a lot of people do 80, 20 and their definition of it doesn't really line up with what the true definition of 80, 20 was and all this stuff. But anyway, it just it doesn't necessarily line up, and and so I, I tend to think that uh, there's different ways to get around it. So we tend to run a lot more miles than those other plans anyway, so that we have the maneuverability then to do the different types of easy runs that would serve different purposes, right? So if you're running again, and I hate to go back to, it, but if you're running like a thirty to forty mile a week plan, you especially if you're training for a marathon, you're extremely limited on the type of runs you can have because most of the time. The vast majority of that of your weekly long, of your weekly mileage is going to be coming from one run, right? And that's going to be the long run because that's going to where they're going to put the focus on. Whereas if we're up in that 55, 60 miles a week range, we can actually make that long run the same distance, but still have more absolute miles to do these other runs and get a whole spectrum of, of, of fitness in for that person. All right. So when a person follows one of my plans or the Hanson's Marathon method, they will see easy to moderate, moderate to long run pace, and to a lesser extent, recovery paces when we're talking about runs, normally referred to as easy runs, right? What you would normally see, you know, in your runner's world plans, it says easy runs, whatever that case is. Um, if you're a zone person, that's going to include runs anywhere from what you would say zone one or two. Um, however, my experience is these aren't necessarily cut and dry, and I feel like there is some overlap between these zones. And as much as they say that they eliminate the gray zone training, I say these create their own gray zones of training because you're not really, you're not really training at race. Because I had this actually, I'm going off on tangent here because I, I actually have in my notes, just Google it, save it for another day. But I, I had a conversation with one of my athletes who were talking about power and stuff like that. And he comes from a cycling world and he actually agreed with me. He's like, I don't really see power being that beneficial for, running the way it is market like it's if, if you're trying to measure intensity i guess but um you know i feel like cyclists use it for a very specific reason because they're not necessarily measuring their pace or you know like, and i feel like in cycling too pace doesn't really pace only matters as a measure of intensity not like 
we're trying to run like they don't go into like the tour de France and they don't say, well, if I cycle, you know, an hour and a half today for the stage and then I'll probably win. Right. You know, so it's like, they're just measuring intensity because they're going for the win. They don't, not really concerned about um, the pace itself. Right. But in any case with running, we're talking about this and I'm like, the thing, the thing with running is that like, whether it's a 5k, 10k, a half or a marathon, it doesn't truly line up with any physiological point. Right. So like, even if you're a half marathon, doesn't really it doesn't necessarily line up with your lactate threshold, right? And if you're 10k, it might not. It's not going to do that either. Or you know, if critical velocity is what we're measuring, uh, it's not really going to you know. And 5k doesn't necessarily line up with your, what your VO2 max is, right? So there's all these things that we talk about, all these physiological markers, and they want to train at these physiological markers, but they don't really translate into what I can do for that actual race. And if you're not spending a certain amount of time running at the actual pace that you want to race at then you don't know what that pace feels like during the race. Right. And that's hard. That's a hard thing to, to get around. Um, and so I feel like the gray zone training is kind of where you race, you kind of race in the gray zone. Right. And so um, just avoiding that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to me. Um, but anyway, so uh, if you read some of the other older, older school coaches, you'll often just hear terms regenerative, easy, aerobic, or something like steady. Um, like Joe, coach Joe V Hill, I'm reading a lot of his stuff lately and he talks about regenerative, easy, steady, stuff like that a lot. And, uh, I've had to kind of, I've had to kind of go back and look at it because, uh, there's so much terminology thrown around. You have to be sure you're clear on what you're actually talking about and I'm receiving it. Right. But I want to talk a little bit today, what revolves around the intermediate and above runner. So, um, if you're not one of those athletes probably, I don't know, you're definitely more than welcome to listen, but if you're going to translate this to the training, it's more for the intermediate advanced and above uh, runner. Um, this all comes down to easy runs that are helping you recover, which we would say regenerative runs, and those that are going to help push your aerobic fitness higher, which I would say the moderate or the fitness gaining runs. The question is what to do and when. And so the best way to approach this is probably looking at the schedule within the idea of blocks of schedule. So let's take it from downtime after a race, right? So the next two to four weeks post downtime would be in a regenerative category, right? So we're not necessarily looking to gain fitness, but we're rather just looking to get our legs back underneath us, make sure we are okay, and just get back into the routine of running consistently again. So a lot of times there's still muscular damage, all these things, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we're recovered we're getting back into the habit of exercise, introducing our body back to runs, and then setting ourselves up to start training in another couple of weeks. They're going to be shorter runs, no real motive other than enjoying the time exercising, enjoying time with friends, whatever the case is. And if you're following an HMM plan, particularly the beginner plan, this would this would be those first several weeks back to running. Um, if following the advanced plan, this is the time is much shorter, and it should actually be done before you actually start the plan. So if you take downtime and you have 18 weeks to your next marathon, then you're going to only have one week of regenerative running. The more advanced you are, the probably the less likely that it, the problem that will create. But for most people, I'd want to see at least another week or so of just easy running before starting the 18 week plan. So you basically would want to take your downtime, two weeks of easy running, and then start an 18 week plan. Um, it would, would be a much better 
uh, segue into the marathon, mar next marathon segment. Um, let's see. Uh, so now as we move out of this segment, let's assume that we're ramping up for another marathon. Again, if following uh, an HMM plan, you would move straight into the speed segment. And so the amount of easy runs will go down and this will soon be replaced with more speed, tempo, and long runs. And for a number of weeks, there'll be easy runs that stress the more upper limits of, of that range, of that aerobic range. And some of these runs should really stress the moderate side of that easy range in order to continue to develop the aerobic system. So what I'm saying is the stress will still be fairly low, even though you are starting speed and tempo and some increasing the distance in the long runs. You're still not going to be the peak distance. But and, and the same thing with the tempos and the speed, they're all going to be lower level, right? So you're still going to feel probably pretty okay. And so the easy runs, say on Monday, Friday, and Saturday, can probably be a little bit more aggressive into that moderate range. And I say that because we're not necessarily regenerating at this time. We're actually trying to build fitness back up. So if these are more moderate, these are stressing that upper part of that aerobic threshold. It probably passed that. And so, um, and kind of an incomplete thought I had earlier was that at that 60% level for beginners, that might be more like 65, 70% for more advanced runners. And so we want to make sure that we're stressing that moderate aerobic system so that we're actually, we are stressing the aerobic system to continue to adapt through you know, mitochondrial developments and muscle, muscle fiber developments on all that good stuff, right? So early on, it's actually okay to push, push those easier paces a little bit. I'm not saying going crazy with them or not anything like that, but you don't want it to be um, on the very slow side of your easier runs, unless you're feeling bad. Like, you know, if you're not feeling very good, then yes, by all means. But if you're feeling okay and you're just running slow to run for the sake of running slow, then, you know, you might want to think about increasing that increasing that pace a, a little bit um so let's look at like weeks six and seven of the hmm beginner and advanced plan so um you and i say this because they're all at that say, at that point they're on the same basic structure so monday would be easy um so this is week six so week six would go easy on monday speed tuesday off on Wednesday, Thursday tempo, and then easy, easy Saturday, Friday and Saturday, and then easy Sunday. So you'd basically have from week six to seven, Thursday, or sorry, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, all easy runs, come back Tuesday speed, Thursday tempo, two easy days on Friday and Saturday, and then a long run on Sunday. And as many of you know, this is fairly in, early into the training. We're not quite halfway through. We're at, we're at a time where things shouldn't be at that cumulative fatigue state. If you're at cumulative fatigue week six and seven, something's not right. Um, we we're fully aware, but we are fully aware that we are in training at this point, especially in the summer because it's hot. You've got all these extra things working against you. But um, how I would navigate some of this is first to, to end week six, we're coming off of a, a long run that, so at the end of week six, Coming into week six, I'm sorry. Coming into week six on Monday, that Sunday before, which would end, which would have ended week five, we were coming off of a long run. So there's going to be some fatigue on that. So in that case, the Monday between a long run and a speed would be more of a regenerative run. We're not worried about pace. We're just worried about putting time on our feet, recovering, and all that good stuff. It shouldn't be one of your faster, easy runs. Um, and then we'll go into Tuesday and do the speed, and 
then we would want to take Wednesday off, obviously for that for that off day. Um, this will actually, so if you do this, this will actually keep the long run to give us those adaptations we we're looking for to remember that, remember that stress plus rest equals growth, right? So if we stressed our body hard on Sunday with just going longer on the long run, um, maybe a little bit quicker on that, uh, in that, that moderate long run pace, then we want to make sure that that Monday is easy because we want to allow Monday to actually be a recovery day for the long run so that we can move into that Tuesday speed. Because honestly, when I was talking about that consultation, that's what I would see. I would see like every day was kind of pushed as fast as it was. It was in the range, but it was pushed as fast as it could go to stay in the range. And I think there was never any downtime that allowed the body to actually to actually recover. Um, so if we run the long run, push the pace on that easy run, we don't necessarily recover as much as we should. And then we go into the speed. And if we do this once in a while, it's probably not a big deal. But if it's every week, then it's going to add up and it's going to create stress. And that's when you start seeing the people get into heavy cumulative fatigue by like week 10, week 11, week 12. And it's too soon for that to really be the case. Right. So, OK, so we recover on Monday. We turn around. We do speed on Tuesday. Wednesday's off. Um, and so choose activity wisely. Uh, Thursday is tempo. I actually don't mind a short, easy run or go for a walk or a little light bike ride just to get the legs moving around a little bit. Um, keep the blood flowing. I actually can feel like it can help speed up recovery, but don't necessarily have to do that. I do feel like people kind of bounce back between that speed and tempo uh, a little bit better by doing just something like some walking, just some light exercise to kind of encourage recovery. But if not, take the day off, focus on fluids, focus on making sure you're uh, replenished yourself and so that you're ready to go into that Thursday Thursday run. Then Thursday's the tempo. It's a bigger effort. And that means Friday coming off of that should be more of a regenerative day um, for the reasons we just talked about. So if done right, that means that you can come back on Saturday, maybe be a little bit quicker. So, you know, if you're, you know, you really just go out and run easy on that Friday and it's, you know, a good two minutes slower than your marathon pace and you're just out there having a good time, not really concerned with the pace at all, um, you're going to recover well enough, hopefully, that Saturday you can actually pick up that pace a little bit more, maybe be more in that moderate range, and then leads that into Sunday where you can get into that moderate to long run pace on Sunday, Make really make that a quality long run. And then that whole cycle starts over back into week seven where you have that easy, which would you'd want to be regenerative, speed through temp so then tuesday through thursday would be the same and then um you'd have the easy runs going on there so um so i kind of messed that up but week six you have the three easy runs um so it'd basically be friday regenerative super slow just putzing around making sure you're recovering saturday maybe a little bit quicker maybe on the faster side of the easy range and then sunday maybe into that easier to moderate um range but you don't want to push too hard and i'll have it say long run on sunday on the, on the training plans and that's really just to signify that that is the longest run of the week um but it doesn't have to be run at long run pace on those so if you so you'll notice like as you get later into the schedule you know you'll have a week where it's like 12 miles long on 
Sunday one week and then 16 the next week, right? That 12 miles set there to be shorter for a reason. So it allow you a week where you can, you can get a little bit of a harder effort and harder aerobic effort in, but you're still recovering. So if you really hammer that 12 mile run, you don't necessarily want to do that, right? You want to make sure it's, it's in that moderate range, but you don't want to go off the chain with it and get, get too crazy with it. All right. Um, so that's really more kind of how I'd handle into the speed segment. And I have more um, info on that. Let me see here on my notes here. So, um, oh, just some things saying on here. So Saturday run would be easy to monitor, but then Sunday would long, the long run, I like getting after it. And this is for more intermediate and advanced runners again, within reason. So not only to run long, but run long with some intent on the pace, right? So we're getting after it a little bit. I might start out easy and work towards being within 30 seconds of my marathon pace, right? So if my marathon pace is eight minutes, I would like to maybe get down to 8.30 pace for the last several miles. But that doesn't mean I want to at necessarily average 8.30 pace if uh, my marathon pace is eight minutes, right? So hopefully that makes sense. So if I'm eight minute pace is my goal pace and I say, well, I can run a long run up to 30 seconds slower per mile. I'm not saying I want the whole run at that. I'm saying that's what you can get down to. And that's where I think some confusion comes into as well. So um, what I might do is I start out easy. So maybe I'm like a minute, minute and a half slower than marathon pace. I work down to being like a minute slower than marathon pace in the middle. And then the, the last third, I'm down to where I'm like 30 to 40 seconds slower um, than marathon pace, but I'm, I'm, but I'm getting after it, right? Um, but again, I don't necessarily want to average uh, 30 seconds slower than um, my marathon my marathon pace for the entire long run. It's it's, you got to really view it as something I'm building into. And then the more fit you are, that might get closer. So it might, you know, if I'm, if I'm a pretty intermediate runner, um, then I might be, I might average for the run 45 to 60 seconds slower per mile than the marathon pace. But if I'm more advanced, I might, I might spend half to two thirds of my run at that 30 seconds per slower um, marker. And I might average, you know, 30 to 45 seconds slower um, per mile than that. Right. So, but if I'm, if I'm a newer runner and I'm trying to do this, I, I would view it as a building process. Like I want to start out in that easy range, gradually pick it up. And so that by the last maybe three miles, four miles, I'm at that, I'm at that faster end of that range. So you doesn't, it doesn't mean to have to spend the whole long run. It doesn't mean step out the door and just boom, hammer right away. That's not necessarily good either. All right. So moving out of there, let's talk about the, we'll go into the strength session. Uh, of the of the schedule. So at this point, between strength, tempo, and our longest runs, we are putting a major emphasis on moderate and faster paces, right? So strength workouts are six miles, tempos are let's just say ten miles, so sixteen miles, and if we're getting after the long runs, there's another sixteen miles. So that's uh, twenty six. That's thirty two. That's over half of our mileage that is in that moderate range. It's not. You know, it's not faster than marathon pace, but marathon to just below that. So we're spending a lot of time in that upper aerobic um, capacity, right? We're spending a lot of time where we're really stressing the aerobic system. So when we get to that point, now the easy runs can shift our focus. We're not necessarily worried about running them at that moderate pace. We're not worried about running, you know, as fast as we did two months ago. We can really shift our thinking on those easy runs. At this point, they're more recovery runs. Um, that's that's really where I would be looking looking at that, right? So instead of really trying to 
get to a point where I can go Friday recovery, Saturday pick it up, or Friday recovery, Saturday pick it up, Sunday long run. I'm really kind of looking at it more in terms of Friday recovery, Saturday recovery, Sunday long run, Monday recovery, you know, that sort of thing. So my easy runs completely shipped. So instead of running like nine minute pace for my easy runs where I was really kind of in that moderate range, now I could be like 9.30, 9.45 and I'm feeling comfortable. But now, because most of my work is coming from the workouts now, right? I don't have to worry about building my fitness through the easy runs. And that's the key key takeaway from all is this is like, once you get into, I would say that strength section of the training plan, that easy run, the purpose of that easy run completely shifts. It shifts from gaining fitness to really just preserving the fitness and being a source of recovery runs and just putting time on your feet and those, those sorts of things. Right. So that's where I would look at it. Um, and I think that's where some people get in trouble because they just, they, they see what they ran, you know, weeks, you know, four through eight for the easy runs. And now all of a sudden they're, you know, they're trying to really push the pace on that just to hit that same pace. And they're like, well, this should be an easy run. Well, it should be an easy run, but now you're doing all this extra work. So that, doesn't need to be at that pace anymore. And I think if you can let that go and kind of let those easy runs falter and not think that, oh man, I'm losing fitness because my easy runs are slower. No, 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 no. That's kind of where you want to be, right? Because you're gaining fitness now through the big workouts, the strength, the tempo, and the long runs. You're making those those count and those are what's going to be providing the source of the fitness increase, right? So that's the way you gotta you kind of got to shift your mindset into that and get away from having this easy run stay the way they were the whole, the whole cycle. Right. So, um, and that's really kind of the big thing I want you to, I want you to take away from this. Um, if you're a newer runner, I think you have to start with, uh, keeping things pretty easy because you're going to gain fitness from this. Um, start with the lowest hanging fruit and give yourself massive improvements, right? So if you don't spend any time working on just running easy, then you can't really shift to just taking the fitness that we're talking about here. Like maximize that first before moving on to the harder stuff. Because if you do, if you just move on to the harder stuff too soon, you don't have the foundation to hold up what you're working on, right? And so the bigger the foundation is with that easier running early on when you're running, the better that better off you're going to be later on. You can take advantage of what we've been talking about today. And then the second thing is, you know, time goes on, fitness improves over months and years, the role of that easy run is going to shift in terms of how hard and when to go faster versus easier, right? You're actually going to have to run harder to get the same benefits. But if you're training for a marathon, then those a lot of those same benefits are coming from the vast majority of your workouts. So the true easy runs can shift back to being very easy in pace. And then uh, you can you don't have to worry about hammering on those, those easy runs as much. So uh, that's about it for today. Uh, I think I've gone on quite a bit. Oh, right at 30 minutes. All right. Okay. So wrap that up. But hopefully that makes sense to you. If not, feel free to engage in discussion on the community uh, and uh, in LukeHumphreyRunning.com or the Facebook group, whatever the case, wherever you're at. Um, but I think it's important to note that, right? Especially now as you, a lot of you are ramping up in marathon training Easy runs are going to be able to be a little bit harder right now, but just be well aware it's going to be very, very normal when you get into that later stage of the training and all of a sudden those easy runs are really hard to run the same pace. You're not losing fitness. You're just changing the scope of the easy run, right? And so let those easy run paces fall later on. You'll, you'll be 
a-okay. And if they don't, don't think that you're undertrained either, right? You're just you're you're fit um, and you're doing things extremely well. So keep that in mind as well. So all right, so that's it for today. I will talk to everyone later. All right, see you.